the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody, it's the C4SO Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and today we are starting a new series on faith and vocation. As God's image bearers, we were put on earth to love God and creation, including and especially other people, and to be loved by God in community with the Trinity. Each one of us is called to join God in the work of restoring and redeeming brokenness and to create and to heal and enliven, organize, plant, fix, cultivate, architect, strategize, and love. And there are millions of unique ways that God has called us to participate in this work, including things like worship and prayer and evangelism, but also things like washing dishes, writing code, and trimming trees. Our guest for the first two episodes of this series, and then uh, my co-host for the rest of the series, is the Reverend Bill Walker. Bill is the Director of Vocation at Christ Church in Austin, Texas, and also uh, a lecturer at um, Truett Seminary on uh, topics of spiritual formation. Uh, Bill, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be with you and to get to share with folks around the diocese. This is fun. Yeah, this is fun. I um, I mean, we've known each other actually for a really long time uh, before either of us were in the Anglican Church. Is that is that true? Do I have that right? Yeah, I think you do. I remember conversations yeah. together in the car driving from South Carolina driving. up to D.C. for the Missio Alliance gathering. That is right. That's right. You were wanting a ride. I think we knew each other from Twitter. Yep. So something good came out of Twitter, Bill. Something good. Just <laughs> one right. thing. Uh, our relationship. Uh, anyway, and then, uh, yeah, eventually we both found our way into uh, the Anglican Church. So mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, Bill, what else should we know about you before we dive in to this uh, first episode? Yeah, so I am married to Whitney, coming up on 14 years. We have three little hey. kiddos, three boys, Liam, Roy, and Cody. They are five, three, and one. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of, that marks a big part of the phase of life that I'm in, just yeah. parenting little ones. And mm-hmm. um, recently, well, about three years ago, moved back to Austin, which for both of us, Whitney and I, is home and got to join staff with Christ Church, which has been great. And I'm just thankful to be in what I feel like is a rooted season where I can, um, you know, really think about, okay, what is my place in, in this community for hopefully a longer term? And we've mm-hmm. kind of been moving around these last 10 years or so for school and for different work opportunities and, and uh, grateful to be in, in Austin uh, in, this, in this time. Awesome. Well, very yeah. good. Um, so this first episode, uh, we're doing this series on faith and vocation. Um, and this first episode is focusing on the vocation initiative at Christ Church. And so as the director of that uh, initiative and the director of vocation in general, um, what, what's the vision for the vocation initiative and how, how did this take shape? Yeah, so we came up with a tagline soon after I got hired that was an attempt to really succinctly articulate that, that vision. And we, we said, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone called, everyone commissioned in every arena. Hmm. Uh, and I'll say more about that, but that was our way of kind of summarizing the, the sense that in the church, many of us, not, not all, but many had grown up in a, 
in a kind of church environment where the only time you ever really talked about calling in a special way was when it was in reference to someone who right. felt like they were called to be a, a preacher, pastor, or maybe a missionary. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we recognize theologically, of course, that all of us as Christians are called as missionaries in a sense and yeah. wanted to normalize that and, and kind of universalize it for all of us as, as followers yeah. of, of Jesus. And think about practices and ways to make that part of the culture at Christchurch and what we do, how we talk, how we mm. lead worship. And yeah. the, the initiative was uh, a strategic kind of four-year plan for how to build that out and uh, support it with programs, with strategy, uh, and, and in all areas of ministry. Mm. Did, the, did the vision precede you coming in as director, or did, or did you kind of spearhead this? Yeah, it very much preceded me. And Christchurch mm. was already a place where many things were happening toward this end. And they they recognized the need for more leadership around that. Mm. And so some some private grant money came in to to support that and and hire full time oversight, uh, and that's where I came in. So it was okay. it was a really uh, easy situation to come into and find common ground with folks around these ideals, yeah. and even yeah. some existing programs that that just needed a little more uh, you know attention mm. and and full time um, you know energy from from someone like me. Uh, but okay. they were the leaders were there, and and some of the vision was already in place. Okay, well, wh- what do you get up to then? Um, I think the vision is lovely, but what are what are the programs? What are the strategies? What are the components of the initiative itself? Yeah, so the, one of our goals is to see that everyone, I mean, as many people as possible at Christchurch would would come to understand what is Christian vocation, mm-hmm. uh, what is their own vocation. Yeah. And then to, to, to be supported, connected, and, and sent into that, into that sense of, of calling. And so the, what we do is organized around trying to accomplish that for every person. One of the indicators or metrics is that after a certain amount of time, we'd have uh, growing numbers of folks who could answer two, two questions. Okay, at this, at this point in my journey, how do I envision my role in God's mission? And what is my what is my plan for living more into that? Okay. And then, as a church, can we can we really get behind folks in their attempt to do that? Yeah. So some of the some of the concrete pathways were uh, something that already was in place was a partnership with with Fuller Seminary's Center for Missional and Spiritual Formation, mm-hmm. which offers a, a kind of church facing service uh, to curate content for a year long discipleship program, but this program, while it has spiritual formation practices that you are led through in small groups with periodic retreats, there's okay. also a pretty strong emphasis on discerning calling at the very beginning, okay, and then building a rule of life around that. Okay. So it's it's spiritual formation with with a clearer vision, a more explicit invitation to try to uh, put mm-hmm. words to okay how. How am I supposed to follow Jesus right now in my mm. in the particularities of my life right now, yeah. and then and then asking that question with others and while going through some of their their material that they uh, have put together. Okay. Um, so I would I would be the cohort leader of that program, and we okay. would take a, a new cohort through each each year. Okay. And I'd say that's been the really the staple vehicle for, for the initiative. Um, mm-hmm. But we've, we've realized not everybody can do that, and we want to saturate the life of the church, not just have yeah. one particular intensive way 
uh, to go through this. So yeah. we had a shorter course that we developed that we just wrapped up again this spring called the Calling Lab using uh, the Calling Lab curriculum, which is put together by um, kind of a church network in Tampa, Florida, but uh, okay. putting our own spin on that. Okay. Um, it's it's a real nice little like six, eight week course. Hmm. Um, and then we would do things like uh, on a monthly basis for a year. Uh, at mm-hmm. the end of our worship service, we would call up folks from, uh, we identified like 12 different uh, sectors of society where people are spending their time Monday through Saturday. You know, maybe it's healthcare yeah. or education okay. or government or the marketplace um, or the home and in parenting and education. And we would, we would uh, describe kind of how that area of work and life in our community is part of God's bigger plan and care for creation and intention for uh, making us and co-laboring with us. And then we would pray and uh, send those folks. They would literally walk out, lead us in procession oh, with yeah. the prayer for out mission the into the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, just to obviously, uh, you know, make that statement, um, you know, in worship as to, to give, to give uh, visual aid to, Hey, you, you are the front lines um, yeah. as, as the body going into the world to be the hands feet of Christ in these places. Yeah. Um, and, and make that something that was not special, but normal, uh, yeah. every, yeah. every, every month. Well, um, yeah, that's a beautiful, a beautiful way of embodying that and kind of giving people handlebars and examples. Um, our, our next episode, we're going to talk, talk about the initiative on this episode, but our next episode, I'm starting to get ahead of myself actually a little bit and wanting to ask questions about kind of what you mean by Christian vocation and how yes. it might be different from, you know, adding a little evangelism to my job or, <laughs> you know, like pr- trying to pray a little bit before I go to work. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's like an integration aspect of this that I think is really important uh, for people to understand, but I will, yes. I will hold my questions <laughs> until our next episode. Um, so what, uh, as, as the director of vocation, then you, you obviously oversee this initiative, but um, mm-hmm. I imagine it's a little wider then in, in terms of what your role is, n- not just with the initiative, but, you know, in the church itself. Talk to me a little bit about that role. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course there is the, the leadership of these, these various efforts, um, programs and such, but I'm also, I mean, I'm regularly meeting with folks, um, and hearing kind of getting a little bit of like a inventory of, okay, where are our people serving? What are the professions that we seem to have some kind of concentration developed around and how, is there a way to bring those folks together and uh, host and facilitate meetings where conversations around the successes and challenges of uh, living out my faith in business is happening. Uh, so we would have this, this also predated my time, but I came around the faith and business lunch that we would hold on Thursdays for uh, every, every month. And uh, you know, bring, bring in folks to speak and have exemplars, practitioners from, different parts of the marketplace to talk about uh, what is what is it they're um, learning and how are they thinking about uh, people and profit and the tension between those two things, you know, mm, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the kingdom and yeah. uh, in, in the competitive environment that is the economy. Um, mm. and, then, and then sitting down with, with folks together in discussion after those lunches and saying, okay, where, where is this working for you or where are you stuck and workshopping mm. together? Maybe, maybe a little bit based on um, okay, we got some financial sector folks over here, um, nonprofit over here, like kind of not just business, but um, just trying to yeah. group those folks together. You know, during two out of the three and a three or so years that I've been doing this were marked by COVID, and so we had to get yeah uh, we had to get wow. creative. And yeah. one of those things was obviously when when folks were having to go remote 
uh, for much of work, or many people were, mm -hmm. uh, we needed to somehow get into their home workplace. And so we offered yeah. uh, Zoom workplace or home blessings, where mm -hmm. I, I just one summer, I think it's 2020, we, uh, I said, hey, if you want to just tell me, I'd love to hear more about what your work looks like right now, because mm -hmm. I'm sure it's different and challenging. And then let, let me, as, as both the director of vocation and one of the priests on staff, pray for, uh, pray for you and, and, and give some yeah. language to hey, how, how is God uh, calling you into uh, this yeah. work right now. And, and just yeah. seeing, it's that, it's that you know, working against the sacred secular divide that's always yeah. drawing us in in the modern context. You know? Hey everybody, it's time once again for the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week we're praying for Christ Church in Overland Park, Kansas, which is led by the Reverend Patrick Wildman, and he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray for them. Patrick, welcome back to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Thank you, Ben. It's good to be here. Good to be with you. Yes. Um, can you share with us something that you're encouraged by right now that's happening at Christ Church? Sure. I'm encouraged by the season of growth that we're experiencing right now. Uh, you know, we can plant seeds, we can water them, but God causes the growth, right? And uh, he's causing growth in both our Overland Park and Mission congregations right now. In our newer congregation, that's Christ Church Mission, uh, we've gone from around 150 pre-pandemic to now well over 250. Wow. Um, and it's really been kind of a head scratcher, kind of shocking. Um, we're getting many new visitors every Sunday in both places. So we're getting a lot of views on our live stream. And, you know, I've been in ministry for over 30 years. And so I know that much of that time looking back, you know, is characterized by working really hard and not seeing a lot of, uh, at least a lot of outward numerical kind of fruit. Um, you know, so it's good. Thanks be to God. I, I don't know that I even understand it all, as I said, but uh, yeah, I, I'm encouraged by it. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a there's something, uh, to explore there just in terms of, it does feel like we're in sort of this new landscape that, you know, yeah, I don't think any of us know how it works yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, everything has been shaken and that includes the church. And so mm -hmm. I think it seems to me just from talking to people, there's a lot of people out there that are now kind of reevaluating where they go to church. And there are a lot of different reasons for that. And, you know, yeah. so, yeah. Well, anyway. that's, that's great. Praise. Uh, thanks be to God for growth. Absolutely. Uh, he gets all the credit because I can't even tell you what we're doing. Like <laughs> we're not doing anything different really yeah. than we did before. So yeah, good. Um, on the flip side, what's a challenge that you're facing right now that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Well, there's always a lot of challenges. Uh, and certainly the present day presents us with a lot of challenges, but just for me personally, um, you know, I am, I'm wired up to live in the future. I am always thinking about, you know, what's ahead. And uh, I always want to just 
cast a, a, a longer term vision and set goals and work toward them. And the pandemic has been a huge challenge for me because it has taken a lot of that away from me and forced me not to get too far ahead and to live in the now because everything has just been has been changing so fast. And literally for, you know, for a while there, it was just like literally every day, it seemed like it was something new. Um, but now things are starting to normalize at least a bit. And, and so I'm feeling like, okay, let, let's go, you know? And it's like, the, the problem is, is that most people are not. People mm. are exhausted. Yes. People are traumatized. Mm. People are divided. I mean, literally now families are having to have, if they're even willing to talk to each other, <laughs> are, are having conversations about, okay, what are the ground rules for when we get together? What, what will we talk about and not talk about? I mean, this is new, new territory. So yes. the, 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 this present moment continues to be a big leadership challenge for me personally, how mm. do I continue to resist my normal instincts? And then, and then how do I create space and time for people to heal and rest and yeah. be refreshed? Cause honestly, that's just not my, I, yeah. that's not what I do um, yeah. by nature, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, how do we help people learn to be a genuine community again? And I, cause I think that's what we need. And so I got to figure out how to help yeah. lead the way in that. Yeah. So you feel like you're kind of <clears throat> paddling upstream. Um, what your church needs is not necessarily what you're the most gifted at providing naturally. And so there's, there's a lot of calibration going on for you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's always true to some degree. It's like, no, no, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have everything the church needs. And, yeah. um, and that's why I love working collaboratively with our staff and parish council, because kind of all together, we, I think we, we do a lot better, uh, than, you know, if I try to be Moses and just come down and tell people what to do, <laughs> um, yeah. that, that generally doesn't work too well. Um, no. so, well, amen. Amen to that. Um, uh, Patrick, thank you for sharing this stuff with us and uh, with our listeners. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Ben. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Christ Church, uh, you can check out the link in the show notes. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome uh, once again to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week, we're praying for Good Shepherd Nashville in Nashville, Tennessee. It's led by the Reverend Austin Becton, and he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray for them. Austin, welcome back to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Thanks for having me back. Uh, what is something that you're encouraged by right now that is taking place at Good Shepherd? Yeah, so I, I've been actually kind of pondering these questions for the last couple of days here. Um, I think something that's been really encouraging is since the get-go of our parish, um, really since day one, we haven't tried to shy away from like the difficult conversations. 
Hmm. Um, and so I would say we've, we've been trying to be pretty intentional with those over the, the last year, especially. Um, and we've really focused in since really our beginning to be known as a parish of justice, mercy, and faithfulness, Matthew 23, 23. Hmm. And if I'm honest, that's a huge task, right? Like it's not yeah. something you just decide to do and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's been a, a challenging task, but in the last, I would say probably six months or so in having these conversations, um, we've found that we've been able to become a parish that can hold the tension. Um, hmm. we're not, we're not perfect at it by any means, but we've been working pretty intentionally with it. And, uh, practically, I just believe this is where the gospel is alive. I think it's where mm-hmm. we see Jesus at in the gospels yeah. and it's where I believe that we find Jesus today. Mm-hmm. So that said, I've been deeply encouraged to see that the spirit be faithful, um, to transforming our parish and yeah. doing the work that needed needs to be done in our hearts and our community. Um, mm-hmm. again, there's a long road ahead of us, yeah. um, but we feel pretty encouraged and hopeful that, um, we're just trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus to, not use too much of a cliche term, but um, yeah, 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 that is super encouraging. I've seen a number of articles, and we, you know, we hear about this in in, in the news um, that you know churches are fracturing uh, mm-hmm. over um, just the tremendous amount of anxiety mm-hmm. that people feel about some of these issues. And um, man, I could I could talk for a long time about it. The ways that <laughs> the ways that uh, the powers that be sort of leverage that anxiety. Uh, oh, for their, you know, and sort of use use it for their own ends, and I think yeah. it's tragic that the church is co opted uh, into that. So it's beautiful um, testimony to the kind of people that you have that they're able to bear the 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 tension and the discomfort of those kinds of conversations. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's also it can feel scary at times. Yes, I hear you, bro. <laughs> I hear you. Um, speaking of scary, uh, what's what's a challenge that you're facing right now that you want to share? With yeah. <laughs> This is going to, like, I even, I even jotted this down. I was like, this is going to sound silly to some, but um, we've experienced a good amount of growth this past year, which has been, mm. you know, a tremendous blessing. And we're yeah. grateful that growth and that it's been a, a huge, um, just brought life to our parish and our community. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, like when you grow quickly, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we really want to grow in a sustainable way, in a way that we remain healthy um, I tend yeah. to think I do a lot of planting or uh, gardening. And if okay. you put like too much fertilizer in a plant, it might grow really quick and look beautiful for a moment, but then it tends to like overgrow itself and it will die or get burned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would say that's something that we're, we're sensing right, right now is like, we've had a lot of growth. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also trying to be very in tune to how do we, how do we grow with intentionality and pay yeah. attention to what God is actually doing yeah. Um, that said, one of the challenges I find myself pretty tired these days. Yeah. Um, feel yeah, a bit frazzled. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, those two things together, right. The, uh, mm-hmm. the, the growth, which is great. Uh, but I think you're wise to realize that, um, it comes with caveats and asterisks. Yes. Um, and those things require some leadership, right? They require yep. some leadership and some, and some pastoral attention and care and that in contrast with, I think what so many, you know, from our retreat, uh, this past week, uh, what so many of us, uh, leaders wrote up on, uh, 
just kind of how we were feeling. It was just mm-hmm. exhausted, tired, you know, it just made the top of every, almost everybody's list. And so, um, yeah, man, I'm feeling that uh, challenge uh, with yeah. you as well. Um, it was grateful to hear about the growth. Yeah, it was encouraging too. you know, at the at the retreat of just being able to see of like, oh, like we're not alone in this. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, that, and the feeling, the tiredness, even yes. it, like, there was a lot of that tension of hopeful, but tired, you know. Yes. Yeah, there was. There was quite a bit of that. So, yep. Well, I'm grateful uh, that you're holding holding the line there, holding the tension um, and, and seeking to remain faithful to what God is doing and the stewardship uh, that God's given you there in Nashville. Um, thanks so much for sharing this stuff with us today, Austin. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the time. Yes. Uh, Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Good Shepherd Nashville or contribute to their work, uh, check out the link in the show notes. You know, the the words that come to mind as you describe that role are equipping people Mm -hmm. to sort of um, uh, learn what it... Uh, is like have a new imagination for how to inhabit their job as a as a part of their vocation, right? Having a name for that and a, a language for that, but also the word connecting, um, where you're connecting people to each other um, for that ongoing encouragement and yeah. uh, equipping work um, that the that the body can do with one another. Again, not yeah. just in a worship service on Sunday, which is an important aspect of all of our mm-hmm. lives and our life as as uh, as the body of Christ, but um, seeking to integrate, you know, that into the, into our jobs and our vocations and yeah. our daily lives. So. Yeah. And the, the, the imagination is key. And a lot of that is also achieved through just telling stories. And so I, I'm mm. trying to listen yeah. for instances where, Oh, this person's really, I think they're getting a vision for how this works in their, yeah. in their yeah. uh, arena of life. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll hold up some of those. We'll spotlight. Um, yeah. Some stories. We've had some testimonies here and there on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we do. We send out a week or a weekly e news, and once a month we have a mission spotlight, which is pretty typical. What you'd think a church might do, talking about oh, we're serving mm-hmm. our homeless neighbors on the east side in this way, or okay, we have yeah, this local yeah. partnership. Well, we're also incorporating now a a monthly vocation spotlight, okay? Because uh, that again, just trying to even out a little bit, like there's this special direct care for their vulnerable that we're called to, of course. Yeah, and right. there's the ways in very ordinary uh, kind of weekly, maybe even mundane job life, you're also called to um, do work that is good and that God cares about, however yeah. subtle it might be connected to you know his purposes. Yeah. Love that. Love that. What, uh, as you've been doing this work, you said two out of the three years have been during a pandemic, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, you, you probably didn't see that coming. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many of us did. No, that's right. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges and successes that you've seen uh, at at Christ Church as you've been uh, participating in this role? Yeah, I mean, the and some of it's connected to the pandemic. Some of it's not. But the the challenge and the success is that you you take someone through a what's supposed to be a really helpful course, and sometimes it's super helpful, and sometimes it, you're not sure if it is. Uh, and, and they sure. come out and they're even, sure. they're more frustrated or confused or they kind of thought they had their life together. Uh, okay. And then, and yeah. then they, they have, they have throws everything up less certainty yeah. than they did when they started. Mm. Um, or, or someone does go through a major, uh, kind of job loss or okay. extended right. season of yeah. unemployment, or they're just questioning. They're not, you know, they're frustrated with work and they're asking, where is God in this? And just because you go through a calling lab or a, you know, discipleship program, that's not going to fix all that. And, right. Right. 
So that that's mm-hmm. a challenge. I mean, but there have been really beautiful stories of like like you could imagine, just folks for whom this this opened up totally mm-hmm. new ways of of uh, thinking about their purpose mm-hmm. and the 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 way that God cares about and is present mm-hmm. in their work. Not not merely and maybe not even primarily as a means for telling people right. about Jesus, but as Right. The way that God cares about just doing work well and with integrity and with yes. uh, compassion for the people you're uh, in working yeah. a relationship with. And yes. so we, we see stories of that. And I've seen people get unstuck in ways that yeah. are super, super encouraging. Yeah. You know, I, I do think some challenges further, though, are, are that we could talk till we're blue in the face about how your, your calling is not just your job. Um, but that it's yes. bigger than that and that your right. job's going to change and you may mm-hmm. not have a job for a big part of your life. And mm-hmm. and yet people will still just tend to collapse those two things, you know, and think yes. think that they're the same. And so that happens a lot in conversation. Or they yeah. think of me as like, I need to be this career coach, you know, which, <laughs> right. which I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. claiming to be at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to questions about all that and I enjoy yeah. those conversations, but I'm not, yes. that's not the hat I'm, I'm wearing. Yes. Yes. And in the same way, we can, as a church, try our best to really hold up this value of we're all called to every arena, and yet you still have to fight pretty hard against this this uh, divide that can creep in, that like mm-hmm. the, the clergy or the missionaries or the frontline social justice workers are somehow higher or better at doing doing more of what God calls them to than yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, God wishes. God really wishes everybody would yeah. do that, you know. But yeah. you know, hey, I guess some people got to pay the bills, and so, yeah, that kind of fighting against that attitude that does seem very, it's yeah. like nobody would ever say overtly. I think that they believe yeah. that, but there is a strong sense of that, isn't there? In in a lot of our churches, it's that, and it's it's that the church can tend to just give you the impression that the way to grow in your faith is just to do more stuff at church, you know, right. get yeah, involved this, this in everything we're doing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. when we so. actually think the opposite, we, we, we say, yeah. you know, your primary mission field is where you are when you're not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's, there's a lot of tension in that. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Well, um, you know, as you've been talking, I, I'm thinking about, you know, the church that I, uh, lead. Um, and this, this all sounds exciting. Um, but you know, I, I would have a lot of questions about whether it's possible for us to do something similar. What, what would you say to other churches or church leaders who they might have an interest in this? They might think, "Oh, this would be mm-hmm. so great for my people," but wondering maybe if they have the resources to really pull it off if they can't hire Bill Walker to do this full time. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, great question. And and I I th- think something I learned early on with this was that even even when you do do that and you hire someone, it, it can very easily, it could become a compartmentalized thing. Or o- over yeah. here, this this special program is for the vocation stuff. And right. everything else just continues to be whatever it was before. Yeah, totally. Uh, so so the challenge doesn't go away, no matter how many resources you might have. Suppose, and, yeah. and and yet, uh, you want to try to um, use use those resources to saturate the whole church with, with ways that vocation is part, you know, whole life, whole life discipleship. So, mm-hmm. for example, instead of uh, like we did do a sermon series right when I got hired mm-hmm. and and that was helpful you know we yeah, we, yeah. we tried to teach on what is vocation right so it can be the topical focus uh, but if you if you go on after that to not really talk about it you you just reinforce the separateness mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and so and so how can in just to use preaching as one example in you know fairly frequently in sermons what are ways that that you can bring in and and 
kind of give some imagination and examples, illustrations of, hey, how does how does this gospel inform what you're doing when you go from here, and yeah. in all these different ways, and and mm-hmm. so it's not that you're having to define vocation or something. You're just you're just seeing how this flows into. Uh, you're, yeah. you're you're trying to cast a vision for that for your people, yeah. Um, and then I get yeah, just getting getting some some stories and voices uh, from from the field yeah. of of uh, ordinary life more visible and normalizing yes. that uh, these these testimonies as things mm-hmm. that you celebrate and and bless and send people to be part of. Yeah, um, yeah. that doesn't take any new staff. You know, it just takes right. good good listening and. Um, and, and maybe it would be good to build a team around this of folks who can yeah. go and, um, you know, on the one hand, it's special for me as a pastor to go and visit a workplace that's outside the church. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, if the pastor's the only one doing that, and we aren't trying to, like, kind of get everybody involved in, in learning from each other, then it can still right. be a little pastor-centered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a team of folks who are looking for ways to connect people with others in their field who have similar areas of work that mm. they're trying to grow mm. in is... Uh, I think one one good direction. Okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, that gives me a lot of ideas uh, for how we could uh, highlight some of these things um, at our church, and I think I think those are really helpful. So, um, so I'm excited, Bill, about this series. Um, I appreciate you spending some time with us today talking about this vocation initiative. Um, next week, we're going to talk with you again. You're going to be our guest again, uh, to talk about Christian vocations. We're going to dive into like, what does that mean? Mm. You know, and you know, we hinted at it, like it's not, your, it's not the same thing as your job. Uh, so what is it? And, uh, how, how do we, how do we think about that? Um, so I'm excited about that conversation. Listeners, yeah, uh, tune in, subscribe, uh, so that you don't miss that. Um, and then for the rest of this series, Bill, you're going to become my co-host and mm-hmm. we're going to do kind of like you guys do at the end of your service on once a month. We're going to have people on the podcast who are um, practicing Christian vocation in various fields. Um, and uh, we're just going to have, have some interviews uh, with those folks in terms of uh, the, the areas that they work in and how they are ex- expressing faith and um, participating in God's mission uh, in, those, in those areas. So any, anything you want to tell us about uh, those interviews or anything you want to give us a little preview of? Yeah, I'm excited. This, this sounds great. I'm just grateful to get to yeah, share with, with the broader church some of the wonderful people in our congregation who are taking yeah. this seriously and have been part of leading and, and going through the stuff we've been doing and and really are, are the inspiration for me and helping me think more about how do I help others yeah. um, connect the dots here. So we'll have uh, one of our fellow clergy, Eric Sumberg. He's, he's a deacon at Christ Church. He's also a CEO of, of a tech company. He's going to talk about how his really his his conversion experience of how God uh, opened up his eyes to how uh, he cares about um, the mm. work that Eric's been doing. Uh, mm. We have a, one of our leaders of our faith and arts ministry, Katie Fox, who okay. uh, uh, will share about the vision for that work that's also been going on uh, long before I I came around. Oh, yeah. And then another yeah. uh, practitioner and and uh, participant in our Fuller Formation program, uh, Leslie Bly, who. Um, has recently completed the year-long program, and she's a she's a counselor and uh, talks to people at our church often about uh, personality and spiritual well-being. But but wanted to yeah. go through the course and figure out more of kind of hone her her sense of vocation and calling. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And we're we're going to actually uh, include a bonus episode in here as well with uh, Phaedra Taylor, 
who is an artist and a mother. And we're going to talk about the intersection and how those um, parts of her vocation are similar. Um, so yeah, uh, Bill, I'm really excited about all this. Um, yeah. Listeners, uh, if you'd like to check out the Vocation Initiative, uh, there's a link in the show notes. And I'd encourage you to tune in next week for part two. We're going to talk again with Bill about how to think about Christian um, or vocation as a Christian uh, today. So uh, can't wait. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.